From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. Welcome to Invest Insights. I'm Abby Malone. I'm joined today by David Armstrong, the president of St. Thomas University. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. Abby, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You know, we're going to be looking at how higher education has seen some dramatic changes due to the pandemic and what will the future look due to that. But before we get to that conversation, I wanted to ask you, what have been some new personal norms, um, some new hobbies or interests or technologies that you started to use during the pandemic that you know you'll carry through in this post-pandemic climate? Well, the first one is a positive, I think, is I learned how to do Netflix. And so I know that was very popular, especially with the younger crowd. Yes. Never used it before and now finding some great shows uh, on Netflix. So so that's uh, the one positive, although I'm a real good binger. So like I I could lose. (laughs) Yeah, I could lose a whole weekend on that. The second thing is kind of negative. I I was doing so many Zoom meetings that I got what I call it. I'm sure they will call medically Zoom back. And so uh, I I was just doing Zoom meetings and golfing. That was the only thing we were allowed to do. Mm -hmm. Well, those are the two worst things for my back. So that's why I'm standing and using a stand-up desk is because I got to keep moving. St. Thomas University currently holds the status of being the number one minority-serving law school and the number one Hispanic-serving university in the country. With almost 80% of your students at the university consisting of minorities, the Institute stands out as a beacon for diversity. That said, what do you feel needs to change in the traditional higher education model in order to increase access to cost-effective and equitable higher education for all? You know, that's that's a a great question. We're very proud of our diversity at St. Thomas University, especially our College of Law, which has been recognized nationally as the number one Hispanic-serving law school two years in a row, and now as the number one, uh, one of the top uh, diverse schools in the nation. And so it's about access. And to me, you know, my parents uh, made great sacrifices to send seven kids through Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, four of us through Catholic college, two of us have earned advanced degrees, and both of us that have earned advanced degrees are working in education. Uh, They taught us that education is the great equalizer. So I've dedicated my life to make sure that other students get these opportunities to have the opportunities that I had. I'm a first generation college student. My parents did not get to go to college, but made these great sacrifices for their kids. And so I am dedicated to making sure that as many students as possible get degrees. It's still the greatest investment anyone can make in their life. No matter what sometimes the media or the politicians say, it is still the greatest investment. Uh, And it's proven through statistics, better than gold, better than stock index, better than anything. This is how you change your life, the trajectory of your life, and for generations to come. And so access is key. And for many years, access was an issue for people of color or socioeconomic reasons. And so having access, and here's the crazy thing now, is that the elite institutions in each state are becoming the land-grant state university system institutions, which were designed to be the access institutions. So now the private schools are stepping up to be the access institutions. And so... We're very fortunate at St. Thomas University to reflect South Florida and Miami. And I would argue that the way we look and the way Miami is, is the future of America. 
and we're living it now. And so we do all we can to give as many opportunities to as many students as possible. How has your university strategized and reshaped your offerings to account for the rapid changes in the global marketplace and digitization of the global economy that we've seen over the past year and a half? Well, you know, there's a great book called Robot Proof written by Dr. Joseph Owen, who's the president of Northeastern University, and he's, a, he's an engineer. And he talks about um, the three literacies that we in higher education need to teach, and I agree with them. And he talks about, number one, technological literacy. You have to be able to use technology. That's just, you cannot argue otherwise anymore. Number two is big data. You have to understand big data, be able to gather big data, be able to disseminate big data, understand it, and, and communicate to the people that need to make the decisions. That's probably the most important part. We actually have a big data analytics program here at St. Thomas University run by Professor Jose Rocha, and very proud of that. And major companies come in and ask our students to perform big data analysis of their companies. The third literacy is human literacy. And basically, it's the liberal arts, being able to write well, read well, communicate effectively, uh, think analytically, think critically. We still need to be able to teach those programs. And so English and art and history and theology and philosophy. And that's one of the reasons why we've created the Ethical Leadership Studies program at both the match at the bachelor's, master's and doctoral level, the only school in the country that has done so. Because leadership is important, but ethical leadership is more important. And lastly, how do we teach those literacies? is through experiential learning. St. Thomas University has made experiential learning a requirement for graduation. Co-ops, internships, study abroad, service learning, apprenticeships, all those things, research will suffice to give you real world experience before you walk out the door. And so I believe that higher ed has to respond to these literacies and teach programs where we can also go cross discipline because everything is changing so rapidly. And so, giving a good grounding in your liberal arts and thinking skills and communication skills along with the acumen in that area is gonna be crucial for the future. The pandemic exposed uh, the vulnerabilities of most business sectors and the higher education industry was not uh, immune. In your opinion, what are some of the most pressing needs for higher education institutions to address in a post-pandemic scenario in order to mitigate those vulnerabilities? That's a great question. So in 2013, Jeff Salingo, the higher ed expert, wrote a seminal article that said that the uh, disruption in higher education is coming and that out of the 4,000 colleges and universities in this country, only four to 500 have the fiscal strength to survive that disruption. Yeah. The schools that are most in danger are small faith-based liberal arts institutions that are tuition-driven, enrollment-driven, and suffer for lack of resources. I am a product of an institution like that. I've only served these types of institutions and my goal in my professional life is to make sure that these institutions not only survive and thrive because I believe they provide the best education. Statistics mm -hmm. would prove us out. Well, MOOCs occurred in 2013 and that's why he wrote that article, the massive open online free courses. Everyone thought that was gonna be a disruption for higher ed, it wasn't. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And this truly was a disruption. It changed a lot of things and a lot of people had to make different decisions. Here's what I think will come out of that. Students still want that face-to-face -face engaged education. But at the same time, we in higher ed are gonna have to do more to be more flexible, to individualize that education for those people who are in different situations. 
For example, our College of Law students, when I first got here, I said, you know, we I want to provide an online law degree. And I got big pushback. After the pandemic, now there's big support for that. Sure. Because a lot of our students believe that they needed that. They appreciate the flexibility that they had so that they can do more with their internships or their work life and still get their degree. And I think there you have an online population, you have a face-to-face population. I think there's now going to be a track in between mm-hmm. where people want to do the face-to-face and the activities and all those things, but still have some flexibility, whether it's virtual or online, to really customize their education. And with all that you just described, this new landscape that we find ourselves in, what's next for St. Thomas University and the higher education industry overall? Well, at St. Thomas University, we have a wonderful new strategic plan, Limitless 2020 to 2025. And we have three goals in that uh, Limitless strategic plan. Number one is limitless devotion. We are a Catholic university, an archdiocesan university. Our main focus is the faith formation and quality education for our students. Number two is limitless opportunities. We want to give as many opportunities as possible, academically, co-curricular, extracurricular, for our students to be the best person they can be. The education of mind, body, and spirit, and making great citizens for our country and the world. And lastly is limitless results. If we are not making money at our core function to make sure that this institution not only survives but thrives and not giving quality results for our students, then they're not getting a return on investment. And so we are very engaged in that. For example, uh, a couple years ago, St. Thomas University, the first time they came out with this distinction in U.S. News World Report was social mobility. Hmm. They finally looked at schools that serve the underserved, the students who are Pell eligible, the lowest economic strata. And the first time they came out with that study, St. Thomas University of Miami, Florida was number one in the South for students' social mobility. What that means is, is graduating those students who are Pell eligible and then 10 years looking in on what they are making and what they are doing and the increase of taking them from the lowest financial strata to the higher financial stratas. St. Thomas University was number one, and we are going to continue that social mobility for our students. It's what this country needs. It's what the world needs. And I think in the end, all of higher ed, we have to be aware of that as we move forward, is that if we lift everyone, we will have a better country and a better world. Well, thank you again. That's David Armstrong, the president of St. Thomas University. My name is Abby Maloney. Dave, thank you again. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.